0: Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And today we have joining us Harlequin editor, John Jacobson. John, it is so glad to have you. We are so glad to have you back. This is such an exciting episode that we're recording. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be back and have actual things to talk about.
2: Yay. (laughs) Tell us all the things that you can tell us.
1: Of course. Oh my gosh. So by the time this episode releases, um, if everything has gone according to plan with Harlequin, um, which it should, uh, it'll be announced that the the new sexy contemporary line that we've been teasing for a while is is real. It has a name. Um, The name that we have gone with is Afterglow. So it's officially like Afterglow Books by Harlequin. So... Um, and we went with that name because, uh, we, you know, we talked, obviously naming a line is kind of the the hardest part about making a line for Harlequin, partially because we've had a number of lines over the years, right? Mm-hmm. So like, there were things where it's like, ah, like, could we do it? Oh, wait, no, we've done it before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and because, like, the line names have all been very, like, snappy and direct and action oriented, right? Like... It's like you're like okay, so we can't use those, and of course, you know, there's other copyright issues to consider in publishing because no ideas in idea. any way. So
2: sorry, Erin, it's um, not going to
1: be Temptation. It's not Temptation again, <laughs> no. Although it's a great Temptation was a great name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think for we we wanted to do something that still spoke to the high heat element a little bit, but really wasn't focusing on it because. I think I mean, and this is my my personal feeling is that like I I love Temptation, I love Blaze, I love Dare, like I love all of those lines and their names. Um, but they do kind of put the the hook of the line on the sensuality and the heat. And while this line is high heat, it's really that's not the central point of the narratives, right? Like it's not like each book is like starting with the sexy times, and it's like a very consistent arc for each one it's like it's much more individualized so we wanted something that kind of spoke more to like the feeling right so afterglow it's kind of this like it's feeling that you're looking at like a sunset and golden hour right it's like the lingering positive experience that you have after a really great day or moment and we felt really like that just ha-
0: yeah,
1: yeah like we felt like that meant something <laughs> and it captures something especially for this kind of like younger audience who's diving into romance and discovering it and you know and that's the feeling that we I mean it's a feeling that we want every Harlequin book to bring out but I think the books in this line in particular are ones that speak to that so so yeah we're really excited about it it's it's really fun to finally be able to name it and not just call it new sexy contemporary which doesn't have the same ring to it
2: what did the meetings look like (laughs) were were y'all just like sitting around a table throwing out names and like nope
1: nope (laughs) I I mean there were definitely a lot of word docs and brainstorms and like this but not that and this but not that and
0: um (laughs) because
2: it's so important right like you think of you think of blaze it it fit you think of dare it fit you know presents is presents so I can imagine how hard that was
1: Yeah, it was, it was really tough. And, you know, and there's the thing is, like, it's just like one, you think it's like, you're like, it's one word, like, it has to be somewhat simple. But in some ways, that makes it extremely difficult, right? Because, like, Mm -hmm. everyone has, like, really specific emotional connotations to words. And, you know, um, when you're in these kind of large meetings, right, it's very easy for everyone has, like, a different way of thinking about the word, so they'll be like, well, this makes me think of this, or this, or this, and, you know, it's, like, suddenly your giant brainstormed list, like, is just, everything is kind of problematic, or, like, everything is variant, and, you know, you have to try to figure out what, what somehow, like, balances all of these, on all of these tight ropes at once, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, so it's like naming a baby, but instead of one to two people involved, how many people were involved in the name? I don't, I
1: mean, I don't remember the exact number, but it's, you know, I mean, it ends up being quite a lot once you consider all of the, you know, just everyone that is is involved from sales to marketing to leadership, right? Like we have a core team of people that are working on the product line, but really, right, like there there are a lot of people who have to be able to support it for obvious reasons, Mm -hmm. right? So it- you know, and everyone's opinion has validity, right? Like we have people in Harlequin who have been at the company for over like 30 years, right? Like we have people that have seen so many different lines and understand the market in really special, unique ways. So, you know, it's like, we have to think about like, not just the people that we want to bring in, but the like Harlequin consumer that's still with us and has been with us for a long time. And You know, so it it takes a lot. It takes a lot to really put that all together and figure out something that we we can stand behind. So, you know, this was the result, which I, I mean, our team is really excited about. I think we feel like it's exactly the right name that we needed.
2: Like, tell us the moment was, uh, was it one of the editors or someone that came up with it? Like, do you remember that moment when y'all, when you realized like, oh, we found it?
1: Um, It was actually funny because it was uh, one of our, one of the people on the team, um, Sarah um, had the name on one of like on the bottom of one of the lists and then I hadn't seen it. So I also put it on one of my lists. And then we were, when we were talking about it, it was like, oh, like we both like had come to that word. And then we all just got really excited about it. So, um, but I mean, it, it, feels like it's such a group effort, right? Because like we, it took a lot of brainstorming to get there. So it's just like, I don't think like, like Stacy and Aaron and Catherine who are all part of editorial who also were there right and shauna um like all these people that like are working on this were kind of it like it all built you know what i mean like so it does feel like it's a collectively owned experience um i think sarah and i just happened to distill it out of like the sludge of our brains after so much brainstorming
2: just so because it's gonna bother me i have to know like can you tell us any of the names that didn't make it (laughs)
1: <laughs> I honestly I am like blanking on the right now, but there were you know, I mean it was just like it like every version of like spicy, fiery, you know, like I mean, we certainly went down like those routes and we went down like abstract routes, like wildflower and flower names, like it's just you know, we, we really like ran the gamut um because like you know, because it's such a new and it's such a different way of doing something like this from what harlequin's done as as you'll learn about um like we we kind of had like a crossroads there as well right is like do we name it the way that we've traditionally named a lot of our lines or do we name it something that's like maybe slightly more abstract or like slightly more individual and um you know, I think like that was also part of it, too. is like it wasn't like, okay, like we're doing it the same way we've always done it. Like we're working in this structure, right? So there was kind of a lot more wiggle room. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely not everything was a winner. um but and and some things were were surprises as far as like what why they didn't work. <laughs> but yeah. it worked out
2: <laughs> well, the more that i um like I go to Walmart faithfully and I always check the Harlequins. There's still so many readers that shop there. And I've really, I guess, come to understand how much y'all have to take them into consideration too. Like a lot of readers do shop at Walmart and we want to see the books on shelf at Walmart. So Afterglow, I feel like I will see that on the shelf at my Walmart, potentially,
1: hopefully. I hope so. I mean, I think that, I think it's definitely something where the, the Harlequin reader who goes to Walmart will certainly see it. And, you know, I mean, we're also hoping that it'll be in other spaces. Like, I think, you know, we'll talk about this with like format and price, but um, it's a very different, it's very different from the rest of the lines in that way. But we've, we've decided to make the changes that we have in order to make it more widely accessible, like to make the potential stronger, right. (laughs) For just getting it in front of readers. So it's like, you will also see these books at Barnes and Noble, like your indie bookstore can also order them. And then not just in like special ordering. Right. But like just to, to get them the way they would, any other kind of standard paperback. And uh, I think that's really exciting too, because it's like, of course the, traditional Harlequin readership is vital, right? It's important. Um, but it's also important to have new folks because that's the joy of sharing romance, right? Is that like yeah. we continue to bring people along for the journey and make them realize how special it is. Um, you know, so I think like that's really uh exciting as well. And you know, I'm I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing them in person.
2: Okay. <laughs> well can you share with us some of the changes? Um you know, what, yeah. what, what's different about this line that's going to be different from what we already have?
1: Um, okay. So, I mean, I guess I'll start with like, what's similar is that, <laughs> because it's somewhat easier to say what's similar, I feel like, because it's a lot's different, um, So it's still the core kind of category romance experience in the sense, right, that these are shorter. They are about, like, 65 to, like, 72 or 73,000 words, right? So they're below, like, kind of a standard single title, like, long romance novel length. Um, You know, it's still happily ever after, happy for now. It's still romance first, right? Like, this isn't a line that is going to, like, transition into, like, is it romance or women's fiction or anything like that? Right. Like we're very much staying in what Harlequin does well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it still has all of the feelings that the tight editorial, like the unique voices, like diversity, like all of that is still there. Um, You know, and I think like that's where it kind of, and it's still affordable. It's still like something like that as a category product. Um, But it's, but it's also different. So, I mean, the biggest changes are that it's like a hybrid semi-trade paperback rather than a mass market or a mass market max, which is not what we expected, I think, at first. Um, But, you know, the publishing industry has just had a lot of changes. Like, the economy has been having a lot of changes. There's a lot of discussions around not just, like, the cost of what it takes to print books, but also, as you've seen, right, like, even Walmart is... And all these other distributors are changing, I think, how they feel about different book formats and like what it means for their consumer. So we wanted something that like is meeting this reader where they're at. Right. Which is like they're picking up these trade romances. They're picking up these paperbacks that kind of have a little bit more space to showcase like a cover and a story. But even though we're doing that, we're still doing it in a category way. So the price USD is, I think, like twelve ninety nine. So okay. it's actually, like, compared to the $17 to $18 price point, you know, it's still actually quite accessible, um, which is something that we felt very, you know, impassioned about. Because that's part of why Category Romance was so exciting, right? Is that if you're an avid reader, like, you can buy more than one of them at a time and you're not like, suddenly spending tons of money on these new books and these new voices that you might not know yet. Um, and the covers are also different, so we're kind of taking a very different cover approach where we're doing a lot of different cover styles. Um, there's not really kind of one unifying style or space the way that our other lines have, right, where it's, like, okay. all photographic. It's We're experimenting with illustrated, with typography first, with, like, fixtures of photorealism and, like, designed elements and You know, I mean, it's definitely to meet these readers where they're at again, um, but I think we're also trying to find ways to do it that still signals like the sexiness, that still signals that it's like very romantic, right? Like finding a, I think, a way to make it Harlequin, a way to make it category while still like making it really different. So you know, so I think for for avid Harlequin readers, it's going to be a big change, right? I mean, the price is the change, the format's a change, like the editorial is a change, like it is quite different. But at the same time, like, I think it's a natural evolution of where not just romance readers and the romance market is going, but I think also our writers. And I think we're really excited to just give our writers the chance to just I think like they have a really huge playground with this line and it's been exceedingly fun to see how they like take it and make it their own.
0: That's great. That's great. It, so when you say the covers are doing a different thing, are people going to see these and be able to say, oh, that's an afterglow? They, I think they will be able to see a, a similar perspective, but
1: it's not going to be like you know, it's not going to be like our other lines where Afterglow is kind of on the cover, and it's going Mm -hmm. to be like a really, you know, it's not, you're not going to look at it and see the imprint slash line name first, right? You're really going to, like, just see the book for what it is. Um, And I think that's because readers, at least more readers now, I think, want this sense of individualism with these books, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like having the editorial consistency is really important, but they also still want to feel like each is it's like individual experience and like that they're, they're not so similar. So uh, we yeah. wanted to make sure that that, that's shown through. Um, but we do have like the name and Harlequin on the spine. Um, and the spines also have this kind of really cool hidden element where like when you put them together, like, it looks like there's like a little sun on each uh, spine design at the top. And then when you put them together, the rays actually come together in an accidental heart, which like was not intentional, but it just kind of perfectly encapsulated what we feel. So, you know, they'll still like they'll look afterglow if they're spine out on your shelf. And they'll have like a really clear, I think they're very like bright, they're very exciting, um, but still romantic. Um, Which I think fits the name and the overall feeling that we're going for. So hopefully people will come to recognize them. But I think that that's something that happens over time, right?
2: Yeah. 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 I've thought a lot about like how, you know, romance is constantly evolving and like how we want to see, I mean, category has to kind of catch up, you know, stay with the times too and evolve with the times. And I I think that's why I'm really excited to see like what we get with this new line, But for you as an editor and as someone like working on the books and excited for the line as well, um, I guess my, like, I also think about, I guess like, what do you, what between now and the time that it comes out, because you want, you want that reach for new readers, but you also, for you as an editor, do you, do you also want to keep Harlequin readers on board? Like I'm sure you do, right? We want to keep what we already have on board. How do we convince them to 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 stick with us with this because it does sound really different and mm-hmm. it sounds like I'm excited because you we we've when we talked last time you shared some of the authors and like what they're writing and it doesn't sound the same you know which is mm-hmm. exciting but for old OG like hardcore category <laughs> readers they're like I come to presents because I want this I go to medical because I want this like how do we get them on board with this.
1: Mm. I think that's a, that's a great question. It is, I mean, it's something like we, we think about it all the time. Like I, if anyone is listening to this and you're like, I am an OG Harlequin reader and like, I am resistant to (laughs) change or I just like love this. Like we, like we think about it all the time. Right. Because like, it's like, we need to, we always need to bring, bring as many people along as possible. Right. And I mean, it's, and it's a change right Mm -hmm. and change is hard um I'm sure blaze was a change (laughs) yeah no I mean and I would say part of it is that like I think if you've been with Harlequin for a while and maybe like especially if you're a kind of reader that did love blaze or temptation or dare or kiss um or even super romance like I think that this line actually takes a lot of I think, inspiration, and um, I think a lot of the same joyful elements that readers liked from all of those classic lines, and it just puts them, right, in, like, what, what Harlequin has always done, right, which is, like, when we do a line that is contemporary romance, like, we do want that contemporary romance to feel contemporary, right, like, so it is, it is taking those elements from the lines that you have already enjoyed, and it's just, finding a way to translate them into what's going on today, right? And like what people are concerned with now. Um, and also that like, even though this is a line that has the younger reader in mind, it's also a line that has, like, we have a lot of characters in books coming up that are actually not that young, like two books that I'm working on, um, Adele Buck's Fake Flame and Age Cunningham's Out of Office, both have characters in their late 30s to 40s. Um, and we have other characters like that coming down the pipeline. So it's, it's not, it's like, it's interesting. Like it definitely is, it has that young feeling, but I think it's a really wide line. And I think that readers that are like looking for that OG Harlequin will, will find the core of it here. Um, but also like, we have a lot of, like, we have a lot of OG Harlequin folks that are writing for the line. Like, I think in the first, like, Five months. Like we have um, Catherine Garbera, we have Stacey Kennedy, we have Yara St. John, we have Karen Booth. Um, you know, we have and we have so many more. We have folks like Donna Hill. Like we have. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like we. Like I mean, uh, you know, not not everyone. Like there's also a lot of new authors. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want folks to like. It's not like we're just kind of taking everyone and just plopping them in. Like it's. But there's so many authors that were writing for us that really, like, you know, like, they like they had voices that spoke to this. And, you know, we felt like that was really important to, to make sure that we brought along as many Harlequin authors as we could from, from these, to this new space. And it's like a space where we'll continue to do it because that's what we like to do, right? Like Harlequin likes, we like to keep our authors with us. Like, we you know they have readers and fans and they're so great at what they do, right? Um, So I think like if anything, it's like if you, especially if you were a fan of like Desire or any of those older lines and you're like, oh, I love those classic Harlequin voices. Like this is just a chance to get to see them with like a little bit more word count and a little bit more of adventure, right? Like they're not tied down to billionaires or, you know, they don't have to write a ton of cowboys or whatever, right? Like this is just more broad. And I think that that opens up so many fun possibilities for readers.
2: I hope you'll still be working with Catherine Garbera. Like I was chatting with Aaron before we hopped on and I'm like, her last two series have been so good. (laughs) She's just like in her (laughs) element. I feel like.
1: I love Kathy. No. um, Yeah. She, uh, her, her book for the, is coming out in January and it's called, it's titled the bookbinders guide to love. And it's about like a, a heroine who is a, she makes her own journals and she and two of her friends, like, um, run an occult shop together. So her one friend is a tarot reader, her other friend mate runs a tea shop, and they kind of get really successful after a celebrity uses their services. And um, it ends up being kind of this like enemies to lovers like inheritance story when she inherits some old books from an old gentleman that she became very close friends oh, with, gosh. and his grandson <laughs> comes knocking. Um it's it's really good, you know, and I mean, she's a great example. Like her voice is so classic. When you read this book, it's gonna feel like everything you love about Kathy Garbera. It's just like Kathy Garbera with like the world as her oyster oh. in terms of what the contemporary title can be. Right? She's Which, been
2: showing out lately. Oh, Miss Kathy. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. Um. <well, I'm> <laughs> What's the subscription going to look like for it? Since it is a little bit more in the stores, is the subscription, are we going to be able to, to subscribe to it? And is that going to be a little bit more than like if you're subscribed to romance or something?
1: That's a good question. Honestly, I don't, we haven't, I, it's not something that I think we've, we've fully figured out yet, but I mean, it's obviously direct to consumer is a huge part of Harlequin. We're thinking about it. I, I, be, we're going to be able to access it. I I think we're just figuring out exactly what that looks like because it is a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't, when I say that it might look a bit different, you know, I don't, I, we, you know, it's still, it's still something that I think we're, we're determining. Um, I mean, there's also just so much going on in that space outside of Harlequin too, that, it's like with a new line, you know, it opens up just a lot of questions about yeah. about how it goes. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be available on Harlequin's website as well, right? Like these are still Harlequin category romance books in a lot of ways. They just happen to look different and, you know, be doing something a little bit different.
2: So with the, with the covers, because um, we know like the authors, they kind of send it to you like, you know, a scene or whatever for the art department is with the covers being different, with y'all being experimental with that, like, is that still going to be kind of the process? Like, the author kind of sends you some or sends something to you guys or to the Mm -hmm. art department, and it's just kind of like case-by-case basis?
1: We still, I mean, the authors still have like their process in terms of giving us as much information as they can about like the book and scenes and characters and we do bring that into the art process but it does look different right because um because they're all in a different style like so many like the conversations are kind of a lot more exploratory it's you know we have to think about like okay like does this will this work with an illustrated cover will this work better as like title first you know do we want something that is You know very like rom-commy and cartoony or do we want it to be hyper realistic like do we want to take a risk and go with somebody that maybe hasn't done a lot of book covers or somebody that maybe has done quite a few covers and we know has a certain style like so there's a lot of that conversation is is so much more i think about the full vibe of like the author and the book right like with kathy we wanted something that was like witchy and almost has kind of like a tarot card design to it um Versus, like, you'll see, like, the Timothy Janowski cover for January is, like, this very big, bright, bold, fun kind of situation. Oh you know, Yara's has these, like, kind of beautiful, warm tones and, like, focuses on the characters and the movement. And then Stacy's has this kind of edge and this, like, neon moment, right? So it's, like, we really wanted to, like... It's fun because, like, it it kind of takes more, to be honest. But I think the result is is exciting and it's fun to be able to give the authors, I think, especially for our authors that have been with us a long time, right? Just the chance to like see what other kind of ways their books can be packaged, right? Cause like like Harlequin's consistency is really wonderful. it just, you know, it's like, if you've written like 100 books for us, right? Like, it's like, it's kind of like, you know, it's gonna happen. So there's something really fun about not knowing what you're gonna get in, in some capacity, right? Or like, having it just be something that's more tailored to like the book and your voice. You know, I mean, and they're all all of our covers are tailored in that way. But I think just having something where it's like, every aesthetic is kind of is moving in that direction. Right. It's, it's fun, but yeah, it is different. um, And it's been a learning process, but uh, I think the results uh, speak positively of what we've been able to do with it. Mm -hmm.
2: And I know this is something that's going to take time, but like, what are your thoughts as someone that reads romance and works with romance and is on social media? What, what do we do to get the younger reader that maybe new to romance or maybe already has been reading romance, but never read a category. How do we, how do we reach them? How do we in- encourage them, inspire them to give these a try?
1: That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think people talking about them and posting about them and just, I think engaging with them authentically is always really good, you know, on whatever social media platforms you just like to engage with organically in that way. Um, you know, I think, uh, the hope is is right that readers will be able to see these and discover these in in new ways, right? So I think focusing less on them as category books in terms of like selling it in by the category. And I think more like starting off with like, would we see that individual people are asking for certain types of books? Like Afterglow is ideally the line where there is something for everybody because it's so broad, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you have queer romances and straight romances. You have romances from authors of various like backgrounds and demographics, you know, you have stories that are everything from like city stories to small towns, celeb to like very working class, um, right? Like comedy to angst. Like so it's like it's a nice wide breadth. So I think the best way to get people on board, right, is to just see what they're reading and then you know, I think, find what is within this line, right, that, like, speaks to that, Um, and shows them, I think, that Harlequin has this range that Mm -hmm. I don't think is always, like, you know, it's the downside of, like, our great branding, right? It's great branding, and I really love it, and obviously I have, because, like, I've been reading Harlequin since I was, like, a babe, but, um, you know, it's so consistent that I think it can sometimes, for newer readers, like, it's hard for them to just pinpoint from just looking at what we have, right? Like, oh, but, like, this is a really wide array of things. And I think this line just kind of takes that and it, like, notches it up a couple of levels. And that's, like, it's going to be fun to just do that. And I think hopefully if they read a couple, right, it's, like, then the goal is that, like, they'll start pursuing it more um, and seeing it organically as as something that is special and speaking to them. Okay. Um, you know, and the price point doesn't hurt either. Like, I think if we're recommending books to people and trying to get them to try it, it's, like, nice that you can go to Walmart and it will be, like, 13 bucks versus, like, $20, right? Like, yeah. So, you know, that $7 makes a
0: difference for those <laughs> of us that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that live on fixed incomes. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't want to use the word trickery or anything like that. But with the new cover designs and things like that, uh, there, there are some established romance readers that haven't gotten into category that I hear the story of, well, I went to the category romance section of my used bookstore. There were just all sorts of colors, all sorts of books, just shelves packed to the gills. I didn't know where to start, so I walked away. Is that element not going to be there with this line, do you feel?
1: I mean, I think that these books will
0: have a little bit
1: more to stand out with individually, right? I mean, part of it is the trade format does like lend itself a little bit better just to shelving, right? And to notice, right? They're a little larger, they'll still be thin, like it's still a shorter book, but um, that will help. And also like the spine colors are going to match the actual covers. So it's like, it's not like a consistent spine color. We're not numbering them. So I do think they're going to stand out more as being from the same place, but not necessarily being easy to kind of like, you know, the downside of when you look at like, especially like a large stack of like books from one line, like this happens to me when I go into the Harlequin office, right? Is like, if you're looking at it from far away, it can become just, like, one block of color. I would and pass if, out,
2: okay, if and I, it's I ever like,
1: walked into the Harlequin
2: office. And I mean, and it's
1: beautiful. <laughs> and, like, as a nerd, I'm, like, I'm so into it. And I think so many readers, like, there is this, like, breathlessness when you, especially if it's, like, an old line or something and you see all of them, right? Uh-huh. Like, But I think for, yeah, for somebody that doesn't have that experience, right, it's a very different mode of thinking. So, you know, it's not like we're trying to just, like, we're not trying to like take what that that joyful experience of Of course away from the readers that that understand it it's more that this is just kind of like a nice entry point into that right and I do think it's an entry point because like so much of what readers are liking in romance right now is not just an afterglow right I mean like people are like like small town romance is having a resurgence again and it's like it's like go to like It's like special edition and heartwarming and love inspired or like right there, like ready, like, you know, like people are loving romantic suspense elements again. And it's like you have intrigue and R.S. and love inspired suspense and like the historical lines beautiful. And it's like it's definitely like I feel like it's nice because like it's a little bit more accessible to that reader. But I do think that the goal is that like it's only the beginning in terms of that relationship, right, with like what else is out there.
2: So this may be all like sales stuff, but I was wondering, I was like, okay, so what's the shelf life going to be? Because I was thinking we were going to get four books, but we're getting two. So is it still a month, like shelf shelf life? And it, is that kind of all in account of like, it's going to cost a little bit more. We don't want to put four out there at, at that price. Um, like, how did y'all come to like that decision?
1: So the hope is that, and and i i don't know if this is guaranteed like this is a little like this is like a, what what we're hoping will happen right is that um we'll have uh we'll have two months shelf life for these right okay. because like you know with normally right the lines are four to six so it's like oh like january will come out we'll have the two january books and then like february comes out and then you'll have the january and the february and yeah. then once March comes out, you'll have February, March, right? So it's like that's, and that would specifically be in spaces where, right, like, were like series as a whole, like Harlequin series is kind of in that kind of vibe, right? So like Walmart is a good example where, you know, they get changed out every month. Um, but the thing about these being in this kind of hybrid trade format is like, they actually don't have like a limited shelf life right? Like, we're not numbering them, we're not dating them, we're making them stand out, like, so they can just be ordered by Barnes and Noble or your indie bookstore, and they could be on the shelf as long as they're selling, right? As long as they're available, which I think is really important because, like, I, I mean, I love our category setup, but, like, every category reader knows that, like, it's, like, it's, like, if you're interested in something, but, like, you find out about it, like, way after it's come out, and, like, you're a print reader, or you like just having the print book, right, it's, like, the accessibility is, can be a bit of a challenge, and I think it's, like, good that this kind of has the ability to, I think, stick where it needs to stick, while also having a chance to kind of be spotlit in these, you know, kind of standard Harlequin areas as well. So it's like, it's even a hybrid in that way, right? Like it kind of does both, which I think is exciting and interesting, um, because that's actually not something that most books get, right? Like most trade books, like you start at zero, and you have to just sell them in individually. So it's nice that like, we both have spaces that like, will be guaranteed to have these at all times, as well as spaces that you know, can can pick and choose based on what interests them or what maybe fits their communities best. And, you know, I think that that's really exciting.
2: Well, I feel like I tend to think very North American. What about for our overseas friends? Like what's the access look like for them?
1: I mean that's a that's still a conversation, right? A new line is a whole new thing to think about for every overseas pocket. Because well. I know Argentis
2: so, in Brazil is like gonna be all over this, but I hope he can access them. And Sarah I, loves Mills I mean, and Boone in Australia. I hope she can access.
1: Them. I'm hoping so too. You know, I think it's gonna look a little different everywhere. You know, I I think it's I, we're. It's, it's just, is a, it's a, it's a lot of questioning, right? Cause it is a new line. Right. And uh, like we saw it with dare, right. Where like dare was mostly digital for most of its life. Right. Like it's like, sometimes it's a bit of a testing period. Sometimes it's also just a question of whether the market is doing the same kind of thing in that country as it is here. So like, it's, you know, that's an ongoing conversation, but I like, I'm hoping that it is able to go as wide as possible, yeah. right? Because that's the dream. And I think the editorial is is there. I think these are books that are big in a certain kind of way that will translate well, but you know, it's, it's, so that's like that. It's just so it's so place specific. And like, that's something that I've learned as like I've gotten to understand the international side of publishing better is mm-hmm. that like, it is really different everywhere you go in a way that you don't expect.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's kind of what I wanted to ask you next was being part of this process. How is that, um, I guess, helped you grow as an editor, like being part of launching this new line and getting new authors and helping, you know, OG authors shift over? Like how how do you feel like you've grown as as an editor?
1: I mean, I've definitely grown a lot. It was like, you know, let me tell you, they don't. That It's a, this is an extremely rare experience to be editing in like a brand new line or imprint, like anywhere, like not just in Harlequin, but like anywhere, right? Like it's, and I came in because I came in at the inception, really, it was like feet to the fire really fast. Um, But it's been so joyful. Like I loved getting to work on classic desire. I've loved getting to work with all of those authors and I also, like, like it, it's just, like, it's been a joy to understand, like, Harlequin's roots and also to understand how to, like, bring those to, like, a whole new set of people. Um, So I feel like I've grown a lot in that way where, like, I've just gotten to work on a wide variety of things. And it's honestly just been so... I find a lot of joy in the collaboration because, like, each one of our authors is, like, so special and so talented. And they're all in our own, like, unique way. So I just get to, like, soak up all of these different voices, right? Like, I get to, up to so- I get to soak up, like, Kathy's, like, banter and sexiness. And then, like, Timothy, like, makes all these, like, amazing one-liners. And, like, all of the auth- other authors that I work with, like, have their own thing. And, you know, you grow so much as an editor just in, like, finding out how to, like, bring that specialness out of each person and each work. So, you know, but it, it's definitely just, it's definitely been an extra bit of a challenge, but I I like a challenge. I'm not, I'm a Capricorn. I'm a Cardinal sign. I gotta be moving. I gotta be, I gotta be starting stuff. So,
2: so I guess, um, I just have to ask and you can totally tell me to fuck off, but <laughs> I just have to know. Okay. So like we're getting this new line, but in you know with the excitement of this new line coming we're also losing a line and i don't know if those two things go together at all but with desire it is such a long running classic line yeah. just tell just humor me it wasn't an easy decision was it it wasn't oh an god, easy decision oh my god no
1: never like i can't like like one thing that like I learned coming in very early to Harlequin, which like I already knew from working as a freelancer with Karina and like getting to know some folks, but like it really hit home is like, like every editor and employee, like we care about the lines and our authors like so much, because like that is like, that's always been a huge part of the experience, right? Like if you talk to authors that have written for us for a long time, right? Like so many people have that story of like, you know especially because we work with a lot of folks that are unagented in a world that is very like literary agent driven and stuff right like we we do a lot of on the ground work with people and like we invest so much time and energy into you know like making these the like making these books and to giving authors the chance to start their careers and to find new ways to write and you know it's it's really it was really hard um and you know, we we like we're positioning this as like an evolution, right, in a way like it's not the same line. We know it's not the same. It's not going to look the same. It doesn't have the same components. But like so many of the desire voices are coming along. And I think that what people like the core of what people enjoyed about that classic line is going to be here as much as it can be. You know, I mean, yeah, the wealth is dialed back, but also like, you know, we still have presents, like we still have other things at Harlequin that I think fit that that perspective and that fantasy. Um, You know, what we're really just trying to do is not only give our authors a chance, I think, to stretch and to write things that could be really different for them and for, for the world, right? But we also just want to give our readers the chance to like see themselves in what we're doing yeah. in a new way. And I think that's really the most important, right? It's like but it is, it's hard, right? Like there's like also like I love classic desire. I love those stories. I love that voice, that writing, that fantasy. It's like, it's amazing. Like every yeah. desire book that I've worked on has been really special and memorable for me. And, you know, it's hard. It's just, I think it's a it's an evolution that we we're hoping people will understand, even if it's even if it's painful and difficult in some ways. It's also joyful and it's part of, I mean, it's part of, it's part of Harlequin, right, is, like, we, we have to represent and showcase the readers that we have, right, Mm -hmm. and, like, like, romance isn't romance if people don't feel like they can be part of that fantasy, and I think that's what, that's what it is, right, Um, and not to say that Desire wasn't inclusive in its own way, right, and it's not, it is certainly inclusive, it's, it's just that this is kind of a new opportunity, I think, to do more and and that's kind of what that's what we're excited about, right, so, yeah. Yeah, but I get it like I you know desire is great, and
2: you know i was I read a medical and and I was thinking of this person in my head, they're like, medical is very much just like presents, they're just medical professionals, and I was like, I don't think I've read. A, a medical yet that I it, it yeah somebody has a lot of money there's always one character that has a lot like the wealth is there even in the medical line we're not all billionaires you know and, and the wealth isn't there for all of us so I'm excited about that
1: exactly and like I mean and of course like we have so many lines that kind of do that too in a different way right like special edition and heartwarming and love inspired you know even with those lines they're you know, like, they're they're also, like, they're very small town driven, they're more family driven, right? Like, those stories often kind of play with these different ideas of kind of, like, once you have an understanding of where you want to be settled and, like, where you want to have your community, yep. and you're like, you know, you're just like, all right, like, it's really just, like, everything else is kind of happening, and, like, the romance is this piece, right? So it's like, this is kind of that bridge, right? Where it has this, like, it is down to earth, but it's still like exciting and interesting, right? Like we, and it's not just like, and it's the settings are really wide. So like, you kind of can get that feeling of self-discovery and self-acceptance and actualization, but just with a little bit more pomp and circumstance without having the wealth attached, right? So like like Tim's book, The Fake Dating Game is all about a character who, um he's he, he's basically like he loves this show that's Supermarket Sweep or Supermarket Sweep. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> he would watch it with his mother and they had like a really deep connection over it. And then six years before the story occurs, like she uh, unfortunately passes away. So then the character, like, in the present um, wants to, like, audition for the show with his boyfriend, only for his boyfriend to dump him. And then he decides to go anyway and ends up fake dating somebody in order to try and get on the show. And, of course, we know what happens when you fake date in a romance (laughs) novel. Um, And it's, like... and it's so fun because it's, like, you know, it's, like, this character is in their early 20s. Like, they're old enough that they feel like an adult, but they're still very young. They're still figuring out a lot about, like, he's figuring out a lot about who he is, what's going on. The he- the other hero is very similar, right? Like, they have some ability to, like, travel and do this exciting thing. But also, they both, like, desperately need, like, the prize money, and it would, like, change their lives forever, mm-hmm. like, right? Like, because they are not super rich already, right? Like, it's not just like a fun jaunt, but it like has real tension and stakes. And as a result, it's like super funny, but also really emotional, right? And it's like, you have enough conflict and tension because they're real, right? Like, because it's not like, that's the thing that I feel like I've learned the most throughout this line is that like, when you dial back wealth like there's actually so much more room for conflict and tension that I think feels very organic to the romance because like um we often forget that like one reason why like presents can be such like this really big fairy tale fantasy right is that so many of the things that could be conflicts. taken out by the fact that one character is able to like resolve most of them very easily right and like that's why it's a great fantasy but then like there's also something really romantic and special about like being able to find somebody in a situation where you can't like resolve those things right very easily because like that's a lot of what we're experiencing today and i think all of us kind of feel like we have these tensions about work or finances or family and, you know, we don't have the ability to maybe, like, pay for the best medical care or do the thing that would make us the most happy the most easily. And, like, we have to find a way to, like, find our happiness and selves within that. And, like, I think the idea of a romance existing within that space is just very interesting and something that, like, we it's, like, that's also a fantasy that we deserve, Right. Like it's one that we deserve because like it's one that we could get in real life as much as it's also one that like we get in like our brains and gives us like all of the joyous serotonin of romance.
2: So, are you currently editing anything or have recently edited? It? I mean, you've mentioned Timothy. We talked Adele last time, and I'm going to be chatting with her this weekend. Um, what else? We've chatted Miss Kathy Garbera. Yeah. What so else have you been working on? Kathy
1: and on? Tim are coming in January. Um, I have, I, I worked on the two books in March, which are The Boyfriend's Subscription by Stephen oh, Salvatore, which is I that a. Title. I love the uh, title. <laughs> It's a great title and it's a it's a queer um it's a queer retelling of Pretty Woman where the Richard Gere character is a sex worker who um is he is from a wealthy family and he ends up going out on striking out on his own as a sex worker and makes like a sex work positive app where people can connect to each other or connect to like that in like a safe way and then he ends up like fake dating like a down and out like Husky plant influencer um, oh who God. had this uh, plant account called Plant Daddy oh my and God. This, like fake dating situation because like he's trying to get an investor for a new project that like is queer but still kind of wants like to see a slightly more normative like relationship right um, and it's like very sexy and very funny and then we have Carla de Guzman's Manila Takes Manhattan which is about oh. two Filipino characters one who Um, has lived in the United States for a while and is an actress on like a kind of sci-fi Game of Thrones style show that's gotten popular and like a music producer who's coming to New York for the first time to work on a film that she's in um, not realizing that she is the one who requested him because she's like a fan of his music and they end up like being neighbors in the same kind of like studio housing and have a one night stand before they fully realize who the other person is. Oh, I love Uh, that (laughs) setup! Um, And it's like super like poetic, but also really funny. And it's like imbibed with a lot of tagalog and it's like really beautiful. And then. For April, we talked about Adele, um, and uh, I also worked on the other book in that, which is called *Out of Office* by H. Cunningham. Um, she nor- She writes also a lot of like black like erotic romances, which are gorgeous. This is like still very sexy, but not overtly erotic um and it's about a woman who it works for like a hotel chain and that is just finishing setting up like a hotel in Panama and throughout the months that she's been there this man has basically like been her driver who's part of this cab service and then she decides to like take a couple of weeks of sabbatical because she's like a chronic overworker um to like stay in the country for a little bit and He offers up his family's, like, very small, like, motel slash hostel um, because they both have had a simmering attraction the whole time. And it ends up being, like, a really beautiful story about, like, you know, really, like, what it happens when you're burnt out and, like, what the meaning of, like, work and happiness is. Um, And it's really beautiful and angsty and, like they're all so good. I, 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 yeah, I just happen to work on a lot of the books in here. Um, but then like, we also have Yara St. John's, which, um, the frenemy fix up, which is like enemies to lovers. And it involves like yoga and like a hero that like was, uh, the hero basically is just trying to like go on like this, like self like fixing journey. And the heroine is the one taking him on it through like this fitness stuff. And it's part of her six of gems series, which was part of Desires. So even though it's, looks a little bit different it Mm -hmm. still kind of has this connection to her desire work and then stacey kennedy has like a very classic sexy af like cowboy romance about a group of women who start a bar in like this classic cowboy country and like the tension between them starting the bar and like the the cowboy hero and um you know and those are both in february so i mean i think our starting lineup is like pretty legit i'm excited about it i think we have a lot. I think it's very different. Um, Mm -hmm. we have some great stuff coming up too. Like we have a book by Paula Ottoni, which takes place, I think in Copenhagen and involves like a gamer nerdy Mm -hmm. heroine and like a roommate situation. We have a book coming up by Carmen Lee, which is a black sapphic romance that's between two people who are coaching a high school bowling team. Like we have like a romancing the stone send up coming out that I'm editing right now. Like it's, it's really fun. It's just like, I think the biggest thing is that every book is so fun. Like whether it's like a rom-com or whether it's more emotional or like something in between, it's just like fun. Yeah. It
2: sounds like we're getting more romantic comedies in this line. And I am here for that. Aaron, you love a rom-com too. I do.
0: Yes. (laughs) Oh yes. Question
2: random. No are we Go. done with continuities in this line?
1: I mean, I don't think that harlequin will i don't think that we've shut the door on that idea, but okay i don't i don't like we're not planning on having a continuity for this line at this moment okay. um you know i I think that from what I understand like we have you know we will have continuities continuing to come out in other spaces um i just i think what's hard is like when i think about a continuity like i don't think it would be able to look the way that it has for our other lines yeah. the way that it would for this one mm-hmm. partially just because when you're only releasing two books a month i think that that's something where yeah. it's like you know do you want them to be that interconnected and what's hard is like continuities are so interconnected that these books really are more kind of standalone even if they are part of a series within themselves and you know, so I think it's. I think it's. I doubt it's off the table. Um, we just haven't talked about what that would look like or whether we would want to do it. But, you know, I would say never say never, right? Because Harlequin always. We always have things brewing. Things are changing and evolving, and. You know, but um, who knows? I we may that... have
2: an afterglow Texas Cattlemen's Club. <laughs> I, don't, I
1: don't know how I would... I mean, I'm not gonna say Hot, no. I didn't sexy
2: know would... cowboys.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think sexy cowboys are always in season. Yes. Um, you know, never never hurts to have another sexy cowboy out there.
2: So before we let you off of here, for because you're you're a busy busy person. Um, what have you been? Tell us what you've been because you went on vacay. What have you been enjoying? Like when you're not working. What are you reading for, you know, I'm not working and I'm going to read for fun? Because we know you have fun reading for work. But, like, what have you been reading, watching, consuming, Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself amidst all this craziness?
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. While I was on vacation, I really thought I would be, like, glued to my Kindle. But thankfully, I ended up being very active for a lot of the day. So, I mean, for for those thankfully, who probably don't follow me on, on Instagram or social media, I went to I went to Germany to visit my partner's family um, in Cologne. And we also saw Beyonce in Frankfurt. So like, obviously, I listened to a lot of Beyonce. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was astounding. It was the best experience. Um, we, we had floor seats. So we were like, really close to the stage. And I like think like, I I've told people I was like, if she had fallen on me when she was suspended in the air, I would have died happy, I would have been like, I'm okay going out like this. Um, so, you know, and otherwise we did a lot of just sightseeing and, and food stuff. So that was really restorative. Um, but I did read a lot um, while I could, like, I'm a big reader on like transit, because like, it's only been in the past few years that I've been able to like sleep on a plane or a bus, because like, I'm very persnickety, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what I read, I read, um, I read the I reread the first book in um, J.L. Segers' New Haven series, I believe, which is like a, they're like these super, like, long, angsty, gorgeous, emotional Black romances, like, great if you love, like, Kennedy Ryan and just, like, Mm -hmm. lots of sexiness, but also just, like, this energy. Um, That's, like, immediately the one that came to mind. I also read um, Hannah and Bonham Young's Next of Kin, which is, like, a really beautiful contemporary romance about two um, sibling older siblings who um, both want to like foster their younger siblings and get paired up together in order to be like financially and like kind of like I guess domestically capable of doing it for like the child protective services which is great was really interesting Um, so I always try to read like current romance outside of Harlequin like especially on my commutes to and from the office, I end up reading a lot of category. Like I've I've actually been reading a lot of like love inspired for some reason, which is like, it's great. It's a great line. It's just like, if you know me IRL, that's not the line you would like stamp (laughs) on me, but it's very like calming, which it is. Yeah. Um, And otherwise, like, I read a lot of manga. I also just read a lot of, like, broad lit fic. Like, right now I'm reading Charlotte, uh, I think, McConaughey or McConaughey's Migrations, which is about a woman in the near future where a lot of animals have been extinct. And she's trying to track, like, the last migration of this group of the last Arctic terns in the world. So, like, I'm really kind of all over the place. Like, I I just... And then I'm binging Love Island right now. Okay. Because when I got back... I had a lot of episodes that I hadn't watched yet. So, um, you know, I would recommend anybody who's a romance fan, Love Island is is a good time. Um.
2: Oh, I, I need to jump on the Love Island train. I hear nothing yeah,
0: I'll have but to check good things. This out.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's very fascinating. It's like, I mean, it's it's a microcosm, right? Like it's like literally you're seeing every day as it happens. Um, so it's I, but it's it's intriguing and it's good if you're just like crap reality TV, which like <laughs> I'm always a fan of.
2: <laughs> so where can let's start with you? Where can everyone keep up with you? And then for anybody that's listening, that's like, well, I have a story I want to submit. Where should we be submitting for the new line?
1: Fabulous questions. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna deal with me, you can find me on Twitter at femme underscore trash. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Boys and Monsters, although I'm probably gonna try to change my handle
2: because I love your handle.
1: I know, but they're not connected at all. So it's yeah, you're right. You know, I mean branding, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm not an author, I don't know how to brand myself. Um And then if you're interested in submitting to the line, um, Harlequin Submittable has a New Sexy Contemporary. I mean, I hope the name may or may not be changed to the formal line name by the time this episode comes out. But if you see either Afterglow or New Sexy Contemporary on that Submittable, you can submit it there. You're also welcome to, of course, like reach out to any of the editors with questions um, and hope, when the episode comes out, like, we'll also have a landing page up that'll have like editor bios with our pictures and like the name and like a bunch of other materials. So you'll probably also be able to find information there. Um, you know, and yeah, and it's like, not just if you're writing in this, but if you're writing anything that you think could be interesting and worthwhile for Harlequin, like, please send it along, please talk to us about it, because like, we're always trying to like, try new things. And you know, I think that people always underestimate whether something could be, like, the right fit for us or not. And I think this line has, like, proven that, you know, like, there's there's quite a lot of room in our, in our beautiful little space yeah. for people.
2: The possibilities so, are beautiful.
1: Yes. Oh. No. And they're only going to go up from here, I think. Um, so, I mean, fingers crossed. This is only the beginning of a very successful, wonderful project. It's going to be great.
2: Well, thank you so much for sharing the deets with us, coming back on. Um, Can you please come back like, you know, January February after the lines out so we can talk the books please by I mean, then I'm never we've had not the opportunity quite, to I like <laughs> yeah
1: like once you read them I definitely want to talk about them cuz I I'm so excited but also terrified of like in like the best possible way right like as an editor it's like it's not my book so you wouldn't think that like I am but I feel like by the time my authors and I are done working I'm like it's it's like it is not my baby, but it's like my god baby, right? Like I am still pretty.
2: <laughs> for uh, for NetGalley reviewers, do you know when they'll be up on NetGalley? Will they?
1: I'm sure that we've talked about that, but it is not. It is eluding my brain. But okay. like they, we will have e copies up on NetGalley, and I think Edelweiss. Um, so we will have that opportunity, um, and there will be some exciting opportunities coming up. Like some folks might might find that they get some chances to read things early, so, you know, I'll leave it a little vague there, but, you know, uh, you know, we have, we got some exciting stuff coming up to, to gear everyone up for it, so...